Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Today joining us is Tom Malloy. You've probably heard me talk about him on a few occasions, but if you don't know Tom Malloy, uh, he's raised over $25 million thus far in his career to help him produce multiple motion pictures. And we're so excited to have him because every time, Tom, every time you're on the show, it's just such a wealth of knowledge. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, the one thing that I wanted to get into today, and I, I know like film financing is one of these things that obviously, gosh, we could talk about it all day. But one thing in particular is that initial meeting. And, and you talk a lot about your, your confidential information overview, which in a sense is, is a loose, light business plan. Um, and I always look at it as like kind of a brochure. Am I wrong to think of it that way? Yeah, no, I think that's it's de- de- dead on because um, it's an overview because a lot of times when you're walking into these meetings, I, I like to think of it as a first date, you know, and you, if you walk in there with, you know, and I've seen people have this, 40, 50, I have even seen a 90 page business plan, you know, or like a private placement memorandum or offering memorandum that they've had their lawyer put together. And that I equate that to walking into, you know, a first date and saying, okay, well, here's where we'll eventually get married. And here's where our kids will go to college. And it's like, that's just too much. You know, initially, you just want to give an overview. That's all you want to, you know, go in there with to start. That comes up a lot. You know, one of the things that I emphasize and and like, look, man, at at the end of the day, like this is what you do and you've done and you have a track record for doing it. But it's my opinion, you know, through the years that I've worked in this industry, that personal relationships are everything. And my inclination in any sort of meeting, first and foremost, is to find out whether or not I can even do business with the person I'm meeting with. Is that wrong? Like, how would you approach a first meeting kind of using your dating analogy? Yeah. I mean, you know, look, at it's it's very much like dating, you know, and uh, I'm trying to think, as you're saying this, of the investors that I've closed in the first meeting. I can only think of one off the top of my head and I've had dozens, you know, and I mean, I hate to say that's like the one night stand type of thing, but it kind of is, you know, it's like that's a little harder than, you know, establishing a long term relationship. And, you know, that that investor that closed in the one uh, day one meeting was just, you know, a one-time thing and there's been no contact since. So versus the other people that I've, you know, closed and, and kind of developed relationships with, they've funded other films. I mean, there's been some investors that invested with me five, six, seven times. So um, I think it's very much, it's that first date analogy, but you're right about the relationships. I mean, they got to believe in you first um, and that's tough to do in one meeting. So you have to understand that going in that you're not going to walk out of there with a check you know, 99% of the time, listen, here's me telling you only one time did it happen. And it wasn't even that exact day. It took a couple phone calls afterwards, but meaning I only had one meeting with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you have to look at it as starting to form the relationship. I think that's a great way to look at it. Well, talk about it, your process, you know, so, so you do all of the different types of hustling and networking that you do. And then, you know, how do you get that first meeting? Well, I always push for the meeting, whether, you know, the person was a direct contact or there was, you know, they were introduced to me by somebody else using one of my kind of bankroll approaches, you know, through a finder's fee approach or a six degrees of separation approach to get 
that that person in in contact with me. But then I always push for the meeting instead of a phone call. It's like, hey, let's let's meet, you know. And I, and I've done things like flown out to places just for a meeting if I felt that the person was real and, and an investor. I didn't need you know further proof to buy you know three four hundred dollar plane ticket. It was like, well, that that to me was an investment in this. So I always push for a face to face much more than. Um, a phone call, obviously, if you, you can't get the face to face, then you push for like a video Skype, because then it's you're seeing the person in front of you and you can see the facial expressions. But obviously, a phone call can never be as good as a face to face meeting. Sure. So that's interesting. So you so you really pushing for for that connection. Mm-hmm. And I find, you know, with a lot of the filmmakers that I talk to, sometimes they'll hear about, you know, let's say you grow up in a home in a small hometown somewhere in rural Pennsylvania and you've heard of the resident rich guy. So I've talked to clients where they've tried to reach out to that guy and they weren't able to get a meeting. And at that point they just give up. Um, what, what would your approach be to that whole scenario? Well, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't reach out cold. I would probably try to find out, all right, what is this guy into? Let's just say you, you look and he, you, he's really into, um, cars or something like that, or, you know, he's got a, some type of charity event. And that's where I'd go and start to hang around and, and try to meet my, meet him there and introduce myself. That, that would be the exact way to do it. And I've done things like that. You know, one of the old investor tricks, and this is from outside of the film business, which, you know, I highly recommend people read books on sales because uh, that's what I did. You know, taking courses on sales, it's really, at the end of the day, film financing is selling. And, um, you know, one of these courses, I remember saying to go to the, uh, you know, if you were looking for a certain industry is to join the the industry, like say you were looking to get uh, financiers for a restaurant, you were to join a group that where they went for trade shows and things like that and kind of hung around those those people. So I've met investors that way. So if this is the rich guy and the rich guy likes rodeo, for example, I would make sure I was at the rodeo and he saw me at the rodeo maybe several times. And then I'd approach, hey, man, I always see you here. You know, I, I've heard about you. And that's how I would make the introduction. Yeah, I mean, I love your approaches because, you know, again, there's just so much to cover. But you're incredibly good because I, I make jokes and, and you and I have been working together a long time. And like full disclosure, Tom and I have built some info products together, which I'm sure we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But but all of that to say, like, I'm always continually impressed by you. I have this funny story where I was at the American film market and I saw you at like 6 a.m. and you were hustling so hard before anybody was even there. And then I saw you at like 6 p.m. and then 9 p.m. and you still had the same level of energy and you were hustling around. But, um, you know, so there's no doubt about it that all the things that you've accomplished comes from a lot of work. And, and can you give a little bit of an insight in terms of like your day to day. I mean, when somebody has a track record where you've even reached, you know, raised a million dollars, let alone 10 or $20 million, like what is your day like? Well, my day, you know, is always, there's always a ton to do. And I always, you know, I, I, you nailed it. I do. Thank God I have life energy. And so I've always had a lot of energy, but I also really love what I'm doing. So that helps so much. I mean, I, I, when I really, really go insane and I'm going 100 miles an hour all day, I get what's called a work buzz. I, I call that, I kind of label that myself because I get so excited about just working and getting things done. But, you know, the things that, the reason I said change is because I didn't always own a sales and distribution company, but now I do. So now yeah. a lot of focus on that during the day. But, you know, look, at I 
one of the things that I preach to anybody is a to-do list. And I used to have, I, I still uh, write out my to-do list, but I used to have uh, papers like, you know, uh, I print a ream of these to-do lists, but now I have these books that have to-do lists in the book and I just go through the book, but I'm almost, almost done with this one, but I can flip to any day and just see that there's calls and there's follow-ups with filmmakers and there's uh, movies to screen and there's, you know, uh, stuff to review and, and, and the emails to blast out and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it's, there's always processes and systems and it's tough to define exactly what they are, but it's filled. I mean, you know, it's uh, all the way. And especially if you're in Los Angeles or in some area or like a film market or something like that, it's also filled with meetings and well in the night, which social events is exactly part of it. You know, you're going to a social event. And we've talked about this before, partying with a purpose. You know, it's partying so that you, the person goes, oh, wow, this I really like to do business with Jason because he's a great person and he's fun and all that stuff. So it, you never know when that deals come in. And, and I mean, four in the morning at Cannes this past, uh, last year, um, I met somebody that was a buyer from Spain, you know, and if I was like passed out drunk, that wouldn't have been good. <laughs> but I, I always try to, even though I'm, I'm notoriously fun, I always try to maintain a level that where I can also do deals if I have to. Tom Malloy, notoriously fun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let's hop into it. You know, for, for some of the listeners that aren't quite in the mix, that aren't quite at your level of experience, let's take a few steps back. Let's go back to that initial time where you were, you know, a little bit frustrated in your own career. And you said, you know what, I'm just going to raise some money and, and make my own project. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, at that time, I remember that was, God, that was, you're going back to like 2005 now, uh, or maybe even 2004. Um, and what happened was I had had a project, you know, it was one of these things where I had put my faith in somebody else prior to that, starting in about 2002. And, you know, somebody that said, oh, yeah, I'm going to take your script and make it and, you know, produce it. And, you know, that that's a tough situation to be in. And I realized I never wanted to be in that situation again. You know, it's like I don't like any situation where. I can't have control where my control relies on somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, well, maybe they'll get back to me. I usually freak out in those situations and I usually do whatever it takes to get out of those situations. But that was kind of the first lesson where a guy led me on for about two and a half years that he was going to produce this screenplay, but turned out to be uh, all false. And so at the time I had been married for about a year and and then she, my wife said she was pregnant and I thought, I thought, oh man, I got to get something going. You know, I can't just be, uh, you know, sitting around. And so what I did is, is I wrote a script and I, I started to raise financing. And, and, you know, it was one of these things where I went kind of crazy doing it, trying every method, tons of them not working, but some of them did. And then since then, you know, and now you're going on 15 plus years I've gone back and refined that method and went, how did I do that? You know, and then just kept doing it over and over and repeating the stuff that works. So now the the person I am is just admitting refinement, you know, and that's, I, I hate to try to segue into our products, but what I, I would love to say about that is that it, everything that I teach and everything that you teach to an extent is that that's the refinement of it. You know, they don't see the <laughs> years of struggle and all the mistakes and screw ups I've done where I went, oh, crap, that definitely doesn't work and done all that stuff. And so I, I just try to put the working stuff in there so nobody has to go through the same uh, crazy path that I do. <laughs> right, right. You've, uh, you've had uh, 15 years to overnight success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, man. And, and, and still trying, you know, still continuing to build on that success and, and have it bigger and bigger. But, you know, I'm at a point where 
yeah, I'm really comfortable and happy with everything I've done so far. Yeah. Well, talk, and, and I, I feel like some of our listeners would probably want to hear some of those early mistakes you make. So tell me, tell me the, like the most embarrassing thing that, you know, the most embarrassing opportunity that you blew or, or something where you thought there was an opportunity and it turned out you were just completely wrong yeah. uh, when you were raising money. Well, I mean, you, there, first off, I could go on for a long time. <laughs> Embarrassing stuff is easy. I could do that forever. But as far as mistakes, I mean, I'm talking legit. I mean, I once paid a consultant $50,000 um, and they never did anything. And then they took off with the money. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, talk about like, how did, how did you start getting traction in your initial deals? Did, was it a friend of a friend that you met uh, for the initial film? Well, what it was, was I had had a method that now I teach in the courses and, um, it, but I discovered it by accident, which, you know, it's, it's not to go to too much detail in the actual, in the method, it, it, as far as it's described in bankroll, but it, it's it could basically a side effect of reaching out to somebody for a finder's fee approach. And yeah. what I did is I reached out to somebody that I thought knew a lot of rich people because I knew he played in some high stakes poker games and, um, and, and ran with a big crowd. And I did not know the extent of his business or how well he had been doing. And so all I did is I said, Hey, can I come talk to you? And if you know, you know, and, and see if you can listen to this pitch. And if you know anybody that would like to invest, maybe you could put it together and I'll give you a percentage of a, a finder's fee on this. And so I went in and pitched him and, and gave him the, the great pitch and all the things that I had. The business plan was firing everything. The screenplay, everything was set. And at the end, I finished and he said, well, maybe maybe I want to invest in this. And it was like a light bulb went off. I said, oh, my God, I didn't even consider this. I didn't know uh, what, you know, that he even had that money. So that's that's a couple lessons. There was one. I didn't, you know, you never know what somebody can have, how liquid right. they are or not. Uh, number two, if you, you go in in that way where you're not directly selling the person, it's much easier because the worst case scenario could have been, he said, sure, I'll push this on to my uh, investors, you know, but then my friends that, that could potentially invest. And then you, I might've gotten it that way, but it's really, uh, you know, there's a bunch of lessons in there that I learned. And obviously the main one being, if you're prepped with that business plan and all those other elements firing, you're in the best shape no matter what. Yeah. At that point, when you had the meeting, you went in just kind of, for lack of a better way to describe it, seeking advice. Yeah. But but you were still prepared with your project. You had the business plan and, and you knew what you were going to do. And lo and behold, you kind of sold without selling. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what happened. You, you nailed it. I mean, that's that was the... If you have the prep done and you have a project that's great, uh, investors just start coming out of the woodwork. And, you know, I've said it that it I've been saying this lately, that it took me 15, 20 years to realize that the key to raising film financing is improving the project, improving the project, which also means improving yourself. I mean, improving the business plans, improving the pitch, improving the screenplay, everything is more and the more you can improve at attachments and all that stuff. That's how you're going to get to the finish line. Okay, but but this is all well and good, Tom, but just that sounds like a lot of work. Can you just tell me the secret so I don't have to do any of this and and money just magically appears? <laughs> there is. There is a uh, a website where you can go 
and you just put in a code and I can give you that code and it, it just transfers money in your account. That's really how I've been doing it all these years. There's a website. <laughs> just just, just uh, for any listeners that, that we're, we're not being serious here. As you can tell, Tom's well over 15 years. I, I don't want to date you, Tom. You're probably 20, 23 years into your career. But nonetheless, uh, this, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. But you've been able to refine the process that I think is great, but to distill it down to to its bare essentials, I think for for people that are just starting out or or kind of working on their next project, you know, one you put together a business plan or what you call your confidential information overview, which we'll talk about in a second, and then two, when you're reaching out to people who may or may not know somebody who knows somebody, you're not reaching out to sell them on that spot. You're reaching out mainly for advice, and through that process. Uh, you start building relationships and one person leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. And now you, you know, some years into your career, you've now had this network of uh, people that have high net worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and they're not all met that way. That's just really one of the approaches, but yeah, to your first point there, that's exactly what I've done is just refine and gone. What works, what patterns worked with this person that also worked with the next person and started to identify the patterns of success. And that's the stuff that I use now, you know, so it's much more efficient in the approach and, and much more focused. Yeah. And, and you're right. That that's one of the approaches you talk about. How many different approaches have you kind of uh, distilled down into their bare essentials through the years? I would say there's about 10 different ones and though, you know, they're all valid as far and they've, I've used every single one of them. Um, to raise money. Sometimes a combination of them need to be done, but um, yeah, I mean, look at that. that it's, I go into full detail, obviously in, in uh, the bankroll video masterclass. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, the, all these, those approaches are things that I noticed and there are patterns that I use. How did I get this investor? Okay. I did it this way. Okay. How did I get another investor? Okay. I did a variation of this and, you know, and just kind of laid them all out for everybody to see. I think that's one thing I pride myself on. And you know, this is that I don't hold anything back in all the products. I try to give my entire game. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to say, I'm not saying here's, you know, here's what I'm going to share with you. But in reality over here, I'm doing this. Like I try to give exactly what I do so that you know how I'm doing it so that other people, you know, I, I find through talking at least with some of the filmmaking stuff readers that there's like a little bit of a mindset block. There's, there's sometimes there's people that say, well, I'm not in, I'm not in Hollywood. I'm not in New York. I don't know any rich people, but yet I grew up in rural Pennsylvania. And, and one of the first quote unquote high net worth individuals I ever met owned about five or six different car dealerships. And it turns out he was worth $65 million. I know this because he told me that in the meeting. Talk a little bit about mindset and limiting beliefs and how you might overcome that, especially if you don't live in New York or Los Angeles. Well, you know, here's the thing. I would say it's better to not live in New York and Los Angeles as far as finding high net worth individuals. I have found more of them outside of the industry um, than inside of the industry. You know, usually somebody inside the industry like myself and like you, you have your own agendas and your own things. And, and your own, I mean, this is how we you know, make a living. So you can't, right. you know, be investing in projects and doing stuff outside of kind of your wheelhouse. So I, I say that, you know, I've had, I remember in the beginning, I would say, yeah, I'm looking at produce movies and an aunt or uncle would say, oh, you know, I got a cousin who's a line producer, you know, and it's like, oh, that, that, that person could do nothing for you, trust me, you know, and they're not going to give you any financing. But somebody that made a million dollars making men's vitamins, you know, or a, a, 
you know, paper products and, and made over, you know, I'd increase that number. I'd say maybe say made $65 million making men's vitamins right. or products. That's the person. And that person that lives in Idaho or lives in Wisconsin, they have no idea how to get in the movie business. So you have to be the person that's going to get them into the business. Um, so you're the conduit. And I say that all the time is those are the best people because they're not attached to the film business, but they all love it. They all want to be a part of it because, you know, there's something obviously glamorous and cool about the movie business. So you just got to find that person and, and you get to get that right sale. They, they've made their money in other industries and they're looking for, you know, some sort of diversification. But maybe not. Maybe they're not even led by, you know, financial return. Maybe they just want the appeal of doing something fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've said it before. It's like on the golf course when you're talking about, well, I invested in this new business and, you know, I just bought this warehouse. And then the third person says, yeah, I'm doing a movie with Jessica Biel. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, who do you think is <laughs> You know, and it's like, so that's, there is that ego thing that comes into play. And, you know, and it's like, I'm not putting anybody down because I get it. You know, it's like, it's very cool to have celebrity friends and, and be in that circle. So it's, it's something that people are interested in. And, and the last thing I'll say about that, that, that came as a realization for me, and, and I'm sure you probably had similar realizations, is people that are playing at that level, that are successful, that have built businesses in other industries, they're used to getting calls from people that, that are looking you know, to partner with them for some sort of investment. So it's not as though calling them up at their, at their place of business to get a meeting to talk about a new opportunity is a different language to them. They, they, they get those kinds of calls all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's cool is that they're not going to get, you know, especially giving that reference to somebody that's in the Midwest or something like that. They're not going to get a lot of calls for filmmakers, you know, and then film investments. So you have that advantage right away. But, yeah, they're used to that stuff. So that's another reason why you have to have all your ducks in a row. You have to have a a legit business plan. You have to have all those things because they're going to compare you in their mind first off to the other people that have pitched them. So they can't label you as an amateur. They got to label you as a professional. But then once you get by that hurdle and you have everything professional, then it's like, oh, wow, cool. This is a movie investment. Well, look, again, I I know I'm I'm holding you up from the airport here. So um, (laughs) tell me a little bit about Movie Plan Pro and full disclosure, Tom and I are partnered on this, but but it was Tom who masterminded the whole thing. And and it's based uh, a bit on, well, based fully on some of the business plans that you've used in your own life. Oh, yeah. I mean, Movie Plan Pro is, yeah, that's the business plan that we put online. It is the same business plan that I've been using a variation of for all these years. 15 plus years, I've used the same business plan. And, you know, what's cool about it is is that it's street tested. You know, if you had looked at my business plan 10 years ago and the arrangement of the elements and the elements that are in it versus now, there's changes. And the changes came from you know, somebody saying, oh, this doesn't work for me or that, oh, this, you know, watching their emotions or having them react to a certain page. So everything in there um, is been on the street. It's, it's been used to raise money. So it's gotten to the point where now I know the business plan. I could put them together super fast off of the same template that we sell a movie plan pro because I know the elements that, that need to be in there and how they're going to work and how they're going to work together. But yeah, yeah I mean, and I noticed it's not 80,000 pages long either. Why is that? Well, no, it's got to be concise. It's got to be something you can go through with the person right in front of them and kind of, you know, I've done it with where I've shown them and walked them through it. Um, I would say, you know, you're talking a not uh, nine to maybe 14 pages max, uh, 15, you know, ultra max. And uh, 
and that's it. That's what you're going to have. So, it, and that's what Movie Plan Pro is. And there's sections that you may pull out for certain people. Like, for example, I mean, you're you're talking about I'm headed to the airport and I'm going to Berlin for the uh, European film market. There's some business plans I printed out for films where I don't have the budgets in them because those aren't, you know, the budget returns and things like that. Those people that I'd be looking for in Berlin that are production companies or sales buyers where I could sell territories, they don't care about the budget of the film. They're just going to make offers on certain things. So the, the business plan has to be organic and the, there's sections that you can pull out easy and there's sections that you can keep in and, you know, and stuff like that. And that's the way I like to like to present it. Well, cool. Well, I definitely want to have you back on the show after Berlin because I want to hear about your hustle over there. And I'm sure our listeners would get a lot out of your experience. But in the meantime, for anybody that's interested, um, where can they get uh, the movie plan? You can go to movieplanpro.com and you can get the template there. That's movieplanpro.com. And I think we priced it to, to move because uh, everybody seems to really enjoy it and, um, and use it for their presentations. Awesome, Tom. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Have a fantastic trip in Berlin. Can't wait to hear how it goes. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.